Hello, this is Dr. Asia Muhammad, and today we'll be mapping zinc on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, nutrients, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons, which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Dr. Asia Muhammad. Dr. Asia Muhammad values the power of lifestyle modifications to achieve optimal health. She uses evidence-based medicine to provide individualized care to each patient. As a naturopathic doctor, she is able to provide care in the realm of nutrition, exercise recommendations, supplementation, botanical medicine, and mind-body therapies such as hypnosis. She has a special interest in gastroenterology, mind-body medicine, and stress management as increasing research demonstrates the role of stress in disease. Dr. Muhammad, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and excited to talk about this key nutrient that's getting a lot of press right now. So we are all familiar with zinc. We think of it as a nutrient that has many physiological functions, which I'm sure we will get into today. And zinc is mm -hmm. found in cells throughout the entire body. In fact, the body actually depends on zinc to make proteins and DNA. So we need it even at a cellular function. Do I have that right? right? You're right. 100% right. Yep. So where do we get our zinc from? And where should we be telling our clients and patients to get their zinc from? So zinc um, is naturally found in a lot of like, I know the highest source is like oysters for zinc. Zinc, you can also find zinc in different like whole grain types of foods. But if you eat, I guess, a well-rounded diet, you should be having a good amount of zinc. You can also find zinc in like plant-based foods like your beans or lentils if you don't eat meat. But I believe oysters are the highest source. Yeah. And then liver, if people are eating liver and the meats, like yep. you said, nuts and seeds should have seaweeds yep. even if people are vegetarian, mm -hmm. leafy greens, I believe. Yep. Besides the consumption of these zinc-rich foods that we're talking about, what are the what are the conditions that would lead to a zinc deficiency? So there are many things that would lead to a zinc deficiency. So 
Um, I actually just saw a case of, of a young girl who has zinc deficiency. She's chronically inflamed, has autoimmune disease. And so, you know, for that case, I wouldn't know exactly what the cause of the zinc right. deficiency is. But sometimes just being chronically inflamed or your body just being depleted, not getting enough of your zinc in your diet, there could be issues with absorption of zinc in the yep. intestinal tract. So that there's many, many reasons why somebody might be deficient in zinc. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think when we think about inflammatory issues, and especially gut issues, there could be GI dysfunction, even other nutrients. Like, can you talk a little bit about copper zinc relationship or even vitamin A and zinc? I think there's some mm-hmm. synergies there. Is that right? Yeah. You know, you look at a lot of these like vitamins, these these like nutrients, minerals, like zinc is a metal. But, you know, when you look at them, they're used as cofactors for so many different biological, biochemical processes in the body. And being deficient in one can affect the other. Uh, when you look at zinc copper ratios, we know that zinc, the metallothionine carrier molecule, is needed. And when you're typically high in zinc, you can deplete your copper and vice versa. So when you supplement with zinc, you have to be mindful of that because it's not hard to deplete copper through over supplementing with your zinc. And so when I have patients that have to take zinc, I'll have them take it in a specific way. And then we'll just obviously get their levels measured to, to make sure. When we are measuring levels of zinc, do you have a favorite way of measuring? I know people can get caught up in different kinds of measurement for these minerals. Um, I kind of will just typically run like a red blood cell zinc. There's that one. And also you look at some of these functional medicine tests they will also run zinc. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of them use red blood cell zinc. So that's one that I will use. And if patients have insurance, sometimes they can go ahead and get that run under like their insurance instead of paying out of pocket for like a, a functional medicine test if they can't afford that. Yeah, I think what happens is I see a lot of clients who are doing a lot of the self-testing and maybe doing mm-hmm. hair mineral testing, and yeah. they don't look for the reasons why, like you're talking about the underlying inflammation mm-hmm. or the underlying mm-hmm. physiological dysfunction. And then they just mm-hmm. start over supplementing and not realizing mm-hmm the other imbalances that they could be creating. I know when you look at the studies, I think it's like around 120 milligrams or so of zinc daily on like over an extended period of time can actually um, cause like a severe copper deficiency. So, you know, I'm not sure like what people are telling their patients or practitioners are telling their patients in terms of like supplementing doses. But when I have patients take zinc, I'll have them do it, dose it every other day instead of every day. Um, so that's just like one little thing I'll do. We kind of do also make sure we're measuring those levels to make sure. Yeah, it makes sense. We don't want to cause deficiencies. Do you, do you ever do a zinc assay test in your clinic where you were just going by taste? Yeah, I don't really, I've not actually done a zinc assay test, to be honest with you. Have you done a lot of those or used a lot of those? We do like to just do, you know, as a first measure from a nutrition Mm -hmm. perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Just to see if there is the taste on the tongue um, based on a zinc assay. But it's just a indicator more than an actual test. Right, right. Right. You know, I'll say this. A lot of the patients that I see are coming to see me because they have seen everybody else. Right. Right. And and they have chronic inflammation and they have autoimmunity. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to be deficient in a lot of these key factors. So I'll just go ahead and run like the test for them. Um, But I think that is a really useful tool. I've just personally never used it that much in clinical practice or use it at all in clinical practice. Yeah, I agree with you. And when you're looking at RBC levels, is there a range that you are looking for with the zinc? Honestly, I'll say this. So a lot of the patients that I see are just so deficient. So they are below the normal reference range, right? So my goal with them 
is just getting them on a really good quality um, supplement just to kind of put them in a normal range. Because when you look at zinc, it's involved in pretty much everything in the body to some degree, gene regulation, because of all kind of health, wellness, what are our genes doing? How are they functioning? It's immune system. It's, you know, our blood sugar system. It's yes. involved in so much. So my goal is kind of getting them to a space that's at least somewhat within a reference range and which, you know, are based on like a considerably like healthy, relative healthy population. So that's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen some studies that talk about the differences based on race, but it does mm. seem like, and maybe that's impacting some of what we're seeing with COVID outcomes and results, right. like the yeah. vitamin D as well. These are the two mm -hmm. nutrients that have gotten the most press and yep. can potentially be lower in populations of people of color. Yeah, when you look at like the T cell response, like a, a, like the T cell response is prominently influenced by zinc. You know, when you look at natural killer cells, right, which are the right. cells we need that function in killing viruses in the body, you know, zinc is something that when you're deficient, it impairs the activity of your natural killer cells to actually be effective. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would make sense. You know, you look at the disparities you find across COVID outcomes and COVID deaths, there is a huge difference in yes. the, the rate of ethnicities dying from disease versus, you know, recovery. So, I would imagine that there's a lot going on there on the micronutrient level. Yeah, it's so important that we look at that and recognize those distinctions. You started to talk into some of the brilliant work that zinc does in the body. And one of those pieces was blood sugar balance because zinc does help regulate our insulin response and mm -hmm. has a huge impact on our metabolic rate, which also brings us back to issues that we see across populations. Can you talk a little bit more about how that functions, the connection between zinc and blood sugar regulation? Yeah. So zinc promotes the formation of some of the pro-insulin molecules and it helps to increase like like some of the probability of that. And so when you look at, you know, obviously like blood sugar issues and diabetes, which is like big issue, huge issue in America, there's obviously some type of imbalance the in, in insulin glucose ratios, right? right? So a lot of people have like this hyperinsulinemia. Well, that's a huge piece. And, you know, there are more pre undiagnosed pre-diabetics, you know, in America that are not being checked out. Doctors are not really screening for this. And a lot of when you look at like people who have metabolic disease, there's a ton of like chronic inflammation mm -hmm. and like these kind of sub, let's say like subclinical deficiencies of these components and zinc is one of them. So I think that, you know, when we look at standard testing, I think that some of these things should be included. Just like you go get a CBC and a CMP and TSH and vitamin D is like right. the initial. I think that we should always be screening for red blood cell magnesium, red blood cell, you know, zinc levels and just basic functions. Because I mean, there's so many supplements out there, but if your body doesn't have the basics, like all the herbs or whatever you're taking, it's not really going to matter. Yeah, there's a principle I teach into called the three tiers to nutrition mastery. And right, tier one is the non-negotiables, but tier two is deficiency to sufficiency. And it sounds like you're identifying this zinc particular, in particular, zinc deficiency as something that we need to bring to sufficiency in order to even do the building blocks that people tend to go into with all the immune function exactly. and the immune modulators. Yep. If we don't have zinc, we're kind of building on quicksand. Exactly, exactly. And so I just remember seeing this case and this poor girl, and I'm just thinking like she, you know, she was on all these medications for autoimmune disease, on a biologic, on, I think she wasn't on prednisone, but hmm. on a few other kind of immunomodulating medications. And, you know, we did some blood work and she's just was deficient across the board, iron, zinc, and no, none of her doctors thought, let's look at this and see on the basic level, what, what's going on. You know, she had 
chronic autoimmune disease, there's obviously some leaky gut going on right. there. Zinc is extremely low. Zinc is important for an epithelial barrier in the mm. intestinal tract. So you just think about all of this and how you create this circle of madness and, and, and disease. Yeah. Like you in our mm. clinic, we see the same thing. So many of the basics are overlooked and so many of the basics are overlooked in favor of that fancy functional testing yep. when we have yep. to get that regulation in place. So zinc is helping to balance blood sugar. You talked about the epithelial lining, immune function. Absolutely. If we're ticking around the entire center of the matrix there, are there environmental factors that are reducing our zinc levels? Yeah, you know, there are, when you look at like environmental factors. So, you know, when you, when you think about things that bind up zinc, right? So we know PPI acid medications, mm, right? right? I mean, it's right. not necessarily, it's environmental, I guess, to a degree, but um, those have been shown to reduce the absorption of zinc in the, in the body. And so, so many people are on these medications for acid reflux, and that's a whole other topic, whole other conversation. But then you also look at populations where yep. There's like high exposure to pollutants or high exposure to heavy metal industry. Like sometimes in the body, the systems could like compete for different types of metals. So it may favor one metal over the other. So you might not be absorbing the zinc because your body's pulling in a different metal for a similar affinity. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many pieces to the puzzle when it comes to zinc, which, which, you know, is a metal. Right. Makes so much sense. And then when we think about zinc's other benefits, I mean, it does support smell and taste, which Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. linked to some of what we're seeing when people have COVID. It's also key for cognitive functioning. I know there's a saying, no zinc, no think. Is that right? (laughs) I've actually never heard that. But I like it. When you look at, there's like one particular condition that we find with zinc, acrodermatitis, enteropathica. And basically there's a few different things going on. There's like the taste issue. There's like alopecia, hair right, issues, right? right there's immune totally. deficiency. There's issues with, with sight. So yeah, I mean, it pretty much, zinc pretty much functions in every system of the body. Yeah. And when we do have those deficiencies, I mean, one of the things I initially started to look at in my practice, and this is over a decade ago, were children who were picky eaters and the connection between mm-hmm. picky eaters and zinc deficiency. But zinc deficiency mm-hmm. can lead to a poor appetite because of that connection with yep. taste exactly. and smell. And we have to get it in because our body does not store zinc, you know, so it's not something we can say, well, you know, if we're not getting enough in our diet today, we'll just pull some from the liver, you know, right. like the body doesn't store, really store that. So you have to be eating foods with zinc. And if for some reason you don't like any of the foods that have zinc in them, you know, you can, you can supplement. And the main organ that we find with um, the metabolism of zinc is the liver, you know, and you look at liver disease, you know, mm-hmm. fatty liver disease is a burgeoning issue. And we're finding that in the next 10, 15 years is going to be the leading reason for liver transplants, right? So displacing hep C and alcoholism. And so, you know, when you think about that, there's also literature to to show that people who have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease also have lower zinc levels. And when you supplement them with zinc, you see positive changes in the liver. So many connections that you're making. Yeah, zinc. (laughs) And also wound healing too. I wouldn't, I don't want to just skip over the fact that there is Mm -hmm. research Mm -hmm. that shows us that people actually heal from wounds in the hospital faster when they are zinc sufficient. And this affects all skin issues, eczema, acne, psoriasis. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Mm -hmm. alopecia, other patchy hair loss can be associated with zinc deficiencies. So our takeaway, Dr. Muhammad, eat our zinc rich foods and Mm -hmm. taking a zinc supplement when testing 
for a deficiency. Do you have a favorite right. form of zinc that you like to use in practice? When it comes to zinc, I usually will do some type of like um, chelated zinc just because the bioavailability increases with um, the chelated form. So I don't have a particular brand that I like, but I always look for like the, the zinc chelate mm-hmm. for patients when I'm, when I'm recommending that in their diet. Really important topic. I know there's a lot of curiosity around zinc and it was fun to tick around the matrix and cover as many bases as we can. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Muhammad. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. <laughs>